I was talking with the, the kids about Easter Day, and um, I don't know if you remember um, or were here, but Easter Day, in my sermon, I shared a piece by Flora Slosom Wooler called Transformation. You can go a few newsletters, newsletters back, and you'll find the full piece there. Um, it's just a, a piece that spoke to me. It carried a message that I felt like I needed to hear. And I'm using that piece to kind of think through the Easter season, the good news of resurrection, as much for my own spiritual life as anything. I lifted the first three lines last week. The living, risen Christ comes to the loneliness within us, heals that which is wounded within us, comforts that which grieves within us. And we looked at the story of Thomas, the wounds of Thomas. For Thomas, the resurrected Christ came as one who had been wounded to meet him in his wounded places. Today, we lift the next three lines of transformation as we continue celebrating resurrection in this Easter season. The living, risen Christ releases us from that which has dominion over us, cleanses us of that which does not belong to us, renews that which feels drained within us. Today, another post-resurrection account, and this time we join Peter. Be reading from John 21, verses 1 through 19, and as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. O God of light, by the power of your Holy Spirit, restore our sight that in these words of scripture and sermon we may see Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So John 21, verses 1 through 19. After seeing these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, well, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. 
When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go to wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The living, risen Christ releases us from that which has dominion over us, cleanses us of that which does not belong to us, renews that which feels drained within us. We see all of this in Peter. And Peter is just such an interesting character. If you follow the story of Peter across the gospel accounts, you get a picture of someone who so desperately wants to get it, but wow, does he mess up? Does he fall? Does he struggle? And does he fail? John Yeh, in his work, Conversations with Scripture, he calls Peter outspoken, impulsive, always ready to ask the difficult questions. He says Peter contradicts himself, confessing Jesus to be the Messiah one minute while refusing to accept that Jesus must suffer the next. Get behind me, Satan, are words that Jesus says to Peter in the Gospel of Matthew. He usually acts before he thinks which is why, as Ye says, he almost drowns while he tries to walk on water to get to Jesus. He cuts off the high priest's servant's ear trying to defend Jesus. He has the courage to enter the court of the high priest to see Jesus on trial, but he also denies even knowing Jesus. He boasts about how he would never desert Jesus, but he runs to hide when Jesus is crucified. And when you read through those first post-resurrection accounts, Peter's present, but he's silent. Mary Magdalene, one commentary read, shows more devotion to Jesus. Thomas shows more theological insight. The beloved disciple shows more faith. And then, when Peter meets Jesus on that beach, Jesus engages Peter in a pretty painful conversation. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Three times, three times, taking Peter right back to those three times that Peter denies even knowing Jesus. But this, uh, this painful conversation it doesn't end with Peter being cast aside. It doesn't end with Jesus saying, you have just messed up way too many times. I am done with you. 
No, kind of the opposite happens. Jesus calls more out of Peter. Feed my sheep, tend my lambs. Jesus, the living, risen Christ, meets Peter where Peter is, releases Peter from that which has dominion over him, his own fear, his own guilt, his own self-doubt, cleanses Peter of that which does not belong to him, the weight of all the things that are just holding Peter down, and renews that which feels drained. And Peter had to feel drained, lost, broken, just kind of not even knowing what next step to take. But Jesus shows up, and Peter's faith is renewed, and the next time we meet Peter, he is boldly preaching on the day of Pentecost. He becomes a major leader in the church in Jerusalem. He travels, he heals, he preaches. Kind of the bumbling Peter we get in the Gospels is gone. Peter's life says that disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I, that we have a gift to share with a broken and hurting world. That we have good news to proclaim. That we believe in a living, risen Christ who shows up in the broken mess of our lives and of this world and offers us release, cleansing, renewal. Now I know saying all of this um, can kind of seem very up here, almost a little too touchy-feely, no real tangible way to, to grasp. That's why I kind of love that we read Psalm 23, a very well-known psalm, and I think it's well-known because in its imagery, it does help us kind of see and feel and enter what it is that God offers. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, evil for I am not alone. You are with me. Your presence gives me comfort. These are images we get. The peace of a beautiful day, clear blue sky, green fields beside calm running water. I don't know if y'all remember in 2000, Travis Tritt's song, It's a Great Day to Be Alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. These are images we understand, we get. The calm, the space to release all our stress all our worry to step into Sabbath, if even just for a moment, so that we are renewed. This is what God offers in and through Jesus Christ. That and the promise that we are never alone. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we never walk alone. One of my favorite 
poems is by Wendell Berry. And saying favorite isn't saying much because I'm not a huge poetry person, so it's not like I have shuffled through a wealth of poetry and this is what I landed on. But Barry has this piece called um, The Peace of Wild Things. And for me, it kind of echoes Psalm 23. He says, when despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with the forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting for the light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. I rest in the grace of the world and am free. We have a story of faith um, that invites us to rest in grace and to be free. This is the gift we have to share, to offer. This is the gift we are invited to live into as disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, you look at that story and the last words that Jesus speaks to Peter, to any of the disciples in this gospel, is this invitation. Follow me. And I'm sure you're well aware these are among the first words spoken to any of the disciples. Follow me. Follow me into this beautiful and broken world. Follow me. Lean into a God who is love and allow that to be what carries you through it all. Allow grace to release you from that which has dominion over you, whatever that may be, fear or guilt or self-doubt or your own vices. Allow the grace of God to cleanse you of that which does not belong to you, anything holding you down, weighing you down, keeping you from living into the person God has created and called you to be. Allow the grace of God to renew that which is drained within you. And I'm pretty sure the world right now is just drained. Rowan Williams said it best to me. He says, the gospel of Jesus Christ is about how a particular person's life altered the shape of what was possible for you and for me. The living, risen Christ releases us from that which has dominion over us, cleanses us of that which does not belong to us, renews that which is drained within us. Jesus, the good shepherd, comes to us and calls us. May we go forth as a people to share a story of release, of cleansing power, of renewal. Amen.